Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Travel and Transformation Show with me, your host, Sophia, and my host today, Christy Holt. So Christy is the host of Create Your Happy podcast. She's also known as the Happiness Hussy, Adventure Guide, and author. So welcome, Christy, and thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to just dive into a beautiful conversation. Okay, well, let's get started. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you became the (laughs) Happiness Hussy, because I love that name, Um, an adventure guide, and then, you know, whatever other part of your story you want to tell us. Yeah, sounds good. So I was previously sort of referring to myself as a happiness coach. There was a little bit of ambiguity because nobody quite knew what a happiness coach does or anything like that. And it actually came about very organically in sort of a silly conversation with my cousin who kind of like joking, mockingly teased me for being really positive and really, really happy all the time. And she said like, oh, you happiness hussy, you. And I was like, (laughs) Yes. Yes, I am. And thank you, because I am going to take that. And that is exactly representative of the mission that I'm on to make a difference in the world, to spread happiness to everyone that I possibly can, and to let them know that the happiness they're chasing outside of themselves is an illusion. And that the truth is, if you don't go within, you are not going to be able to create your happy. It is up to you to create your happy and you're not going to find it. All of that stuff out there is a distraction. And the truth is you are going to find your happiness. You're going to find how to create it only when you go within yourself. So yes, (laughs) I I claimed that. And I know that you know, Hussey has had a negative connotation in the past, but I'm not using it that way. I'm using it in the way that I mean, I want everyone to experience the level of happiness that I have been able to create for myself. Mm-hmm. And I know that they have that, that possibility within them too. That's sweet. I love that part. And so, you know what, that just kind of takes me because the comments you made about your cousin, do you find that there are people who literally get mad at you because you're happy on a regular basis it's like well you can't possibly be that happy it's like but I can what what is your experience with that well that conversation with my cousin actually came after an interaction that I had with one of our mutual aunts who didn't seem to fully appreciate my positive demeanor and my inspirational posts that I made. She had said something like, I see you on Facebook and kind of gave me an up and down look. Mm -hmm. And so I was relaying this to my cousin who kind of was just like, oh yes, you happiness hussy. You like, how dare you? How very dare you be so happy, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. So absolutely. Yes. That is where that all stemmed from. And then on the adventure guide part, which I realized I didn't I didn't get around to. Ultimately, I have called myself a coach. Uh, ultimately, I see myself more as a mentor role than a coach. I am I'm not someone who has the answers. I'm not going to just give you my strategy and assume that's going to fit for you. I am your guide to living your best life. Mm-hmm. But you have the answers, not me. So I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not your guru. I, I'm not to be put on a pedestal. I want to link arms with people Mm -hmm. who are incredible, self-led, brilliant people 
who just struggle like I did. And I still sometimes do, which is why I also have, you know, the right people in my corner as well to get the hell out of my own way. Right. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is mostly the problem that we have when we're not having the outcomes that we desire. It's most likely because we're in our own way. And I don't say that in any way to blame anybody or find fault with anybody. It's not about that. It is about taking radical responsibility for what you're contributing, right? What you're creating, because we are all creating our own experience. It goes through our brain filter, creates our perception of the reality we are seeing and experiencing around us, which is why two people are never going to have the exact same experience, even if it's the same situation that they're together co-creating. And so it's important to really make sure that that brain filter, that RAS, that filter that says, this is for you, this is for you, this is not for you, is actually tuned to the things that you want to be filtering in and leaving out the things maybe that you would prefer that we actually filter out instead of vice versa. Yeah, that makes so much sense to me because it's almost like you need to when, well, it's almost like the situation I had the other day, I'm looking for this particular radio station, right? And I know the numbers for the radio station. I keep trying to tune into the radio station, but for whatever reason, my car is like, no, yeah. you're not playing that station today. Yeah, <laughs> You know, and I think sometimes when our brain is filtering things, it's tuning into the same station. And every now and then we need to be like, no, I'm not tuning into that station today yeah. or no, the static's going to be too, you know, too much on that station. So I can't listen to it. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we view that as self-sabotage, right? When we talk about being in your own way, we can really start to view that as self-sabotage or, you know, really cock blocking ourselves. The real truth of that is it's actually self-preservation although it might look like self-sabotage. It might look like you intentionally getting in your way or a lot of people are going to be like, well, I'm not intentionally getting in my own way. <laughs> right. Sometimes we sure can can believe that we are though, right? And then other times we can be subtly getting in our way without kind of being aware of it. And so we really want to just make sure that our perception is focused on what we want to create rather than the things we don't want to create because it is all about the safety, the self-preservation, keeping us safe, keeping us alive. And this keeps us in this survival mode level of functioning, which often feels like autopilot, like a loop, like going around the same block over and over and over. Groundhog day. Groundhog day. <laughs> right? And if we're sick and freaking tired of the groundhog day experience, wake up, drink the coffee, go to work, ugh, do the thing, come home not do anything that's really things that we want to do. Maybe, you know, living for the weekend or living for that one or two weeks of vacation that we have a year, that autopilot living can start to feel really restrictive. Right. And so while our ego, our, this, and the reticular activating system, again, working to keep us safe, working to keep us in what is familiar and actually keeping us from really exploring outside of the edges of our comfort zone because it's unfamiliar, it gets deemed as unsafe. And so it's a battle of within ultimately to find that courage to expand the comfort zone, baby steps even, to take us a little closer to the infinite possibility that lies outside of our comfort zone. And I, like you, have had, I have car metaphors also, 
But what I realized in my marriage, this will tie back to this, I promise. Just give me a moment to circle the car around, if you will. Okay, in go my for marriage, it. Then we can put a moment where <laughs> it, it felt like, you know, when you're driving home, this ties to the autopilot thinking. You drive home, but your mind is somewhere else. So you arrive home, but you don't remember stopping at any of the lights or stop signs. You don't really remember the drive. You just, you got home and you think, wow, I really hope I stopped. <laughs> I'm assuming I did because I was driving an autopilot and I know that I have to stop at the stoplights, but I don't remember doing it because I was actually not present. And I had a moment just like that in my previous marriage mm-hmm. that really caused me to realize like, you know, channeling a little Taylor Swift here. I'm the problem. It's me. Holy shit. Like I am contributing, creating and, and experiencing this because of my contribution. And so I really stepped into this personal responsibility. Again, it's a slippery slope to the blame and the shame and the, the guilt, right? Right. So we have to be very careful to stay away from that because that actually serves nothing. It serves no one. It just actually makes you feel crappy. And it doesn't actually give you the empowerment you need to move forward. So being very cognizant that that guilt and that shame is probably going to pipe up. Like in my book, I refer to sort of this, this inner critic as the asshole mind. It's like the ego trying to keep you safe. And so it's going to pipe up from time to time. Mm-hmm. But if you know it's going to pipe up, now you can be ready for it and say, okay, well, we're not going to do that, right? We're not going to go down that slippery slope. I know I know that doesn't actually move me towards what it is I'm seeking. It actually serves to keep me stuck in the same experience, Groundhog Day. And so when I had this sort of epiphany, like, holy shit, it's me. Oh my gosh, it's me. It also came with this empowering realization that like, holy shit, it's me. Like, I am the one who can change it. I had spent too many years on autopilot, hoping, wishing, dreaming, Head in the clouds, I guess, and and not actually looking at the reality. Okay, so, I think as so, sensitive so. people, we tend to do that as well, right? We see the good in people, we see the potentiality, and sometimes, in my case, I was looking a lot more to that potentiality than I was to the actual actions and the actual reality in my relationship. And so, as so, I stepped into can the I journey, ask you a question in there? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. How did that all play out in, because you said that was your ex. So how did that um, realization all play out in that particular relationship? And then how did you move forward from there? Yeah, as I, as I came to this realization, like, oh my gosh, it's me. And I'm the only one who has the capacity, the power to actually change my personal experience Then I started to really go within. I started to look at the relationship that I had with myself. I started to look at the ways in which I was contributing to the unhealthy patterns in the relationship. And the more I got to know who I was, it became so much more clear. And I just want to touch on like a lot of times when people are sort of living in that potentiality instead of the reality, it's because we're sensitive. We can see, we can feel, we can understand things that are beyond words, beyond beyond actions. And sometimes we can get very distracted by having hope in those possibilities. Yes. And so we can bring it back down to earth. You've got to learn who you are. This is the crux of the whole thing. And by building the relationship that I wanted with myself first, learning to love and accept myself first, 
I experienced a lot of change, actually a huge amount of transformation. Number one, I started to know where I ended and other people began. So I was nowhere near as distracted or fooled by the possibility and the, the potentiality as I was with knowing where I ended and allowing, allowing other people to, to create their experience as they will, mm-hmm. but not taking it on for myself. Right. Right. The other thing is I really started to notice what was in alignment for me and what really wasn't in alignment for me. And that that came out of what felt really good in my entire beingness instead of feeling restriction or constriction or stuckness. It felt expansive and freeing and peaceful and joyous. And so I started to lean more and more into those things that were in alignment for me and it became really a lot easier for me to both identify and say no to things that weren't in alignment for me. And now I hoped, I dreamed, I wished, I crossed all of my fingers and toes that my marriage could come back into alignment for me. But the truth is that it really had never been working in the way that I had made it out to be. And so unfortunately, I realized, you know, a couple of years maybe into this sort of journey into myself that it just wasn't in alignment for me anymore and that I needed for the the betterment of myself, for the betterment for my children and likely, although he probably doesn't see it that way, for the betterment of my ex as well. And up until that time, I really had been kind of hanging in there. I, I was being the buffer. I was being the martyr. I was giving everything I could to hold my family together to protect my kids. And in that holy shit moment, like where I realized, oh my God, it's me. I also realized my kids don't need me to hold this, this thing together. They need me to go first to show them what loving myself looks like, what creating my happy looks like, what living the life that's true and authentic to me, what that looks like, because all the rest of it, uh, it wasn't creating the, the picture of the outcome. I wasn't being the role model that I truly wanted to be. And I didn't want, you know, I realized like, oh my gosh, like if I stay, this is probably already very heavily playing into the vision of a relationship that they will eventually aspire to. And it just, I just realized one day like that, that can't be, I need, I need to show them a different, a different role model, a different model of what a relationship could and should look like. And so I had to choose me. I had to step away. And yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, where the story goes after that, I actually found the most incredible human ever, like a thousand percent my person. And like, we could not be happier. We're actually celebrating five, five years together next month. And we still can't keep our hands to ourselves. We are the best of friends. He's my biggest cheerleader. Honestly, I really couldn't have asked for a more loving and kind human. And I know that this is mostly because when we met, we both came to each other as whole people. We weren't looking for someone to fulfill our missing needs. We didn't feel like there was a missing need to fulfill. And so when we both came whole, we weren't looking for someone to complete us or whatever. Yeah. The whole Jerry, the whole Jerry Maguire thing, you complete me, which so many people seem to aspire to not realizing that you come together as two whole people and then you make a whole relationship. Yeah. As opposed to coming as, you know, too broken, but fragmented people to make a whole person. And then, you know, then the relationship suffers. Yep. 
And then you're constantly looking to someone else to fulfill your needs. And this ties right back to what we were kind of talking about at the beginning, when you're seeking outside external things, and this can happen for so many reasons. I, I talk a lot about people pleasing because this is a very common tendency. And especially in women, we were taught to be good girls. We were taught to sit and be quiet and listen and obey. We were taught to not speak our truth because we were too much. We were taught to sit down and be quiet because we were too emotional. We were too sensitive. We were taught to stuff our emotions and never be angry because that's not ladylike. Like it's just so much conditioning that we have that leads us down this path of people pleasing. And it can be really insidious. So we might not notice and we might not realize where that's coming from. I think that's the thing too. I think a lot of people are, it's so ingrained that they don't even realize that they're people pleasing. So it's like when you might need a guide or help to just help you not be the good girl and understand that the flip side of not being the good girl is being a bad girl, but it's just being you, all of you. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I find that the people who are dealing with these people pleasing tendencies, and let's just call a few out. So the people right now might, might hear themselves in this. Maybe you curate your your posts on social media because you don't want to upset someone by sharing your truth. Maybe you manage people's emotions by walking on eggshells and avoiding sharing your feelings or your position on something to avoid conflict or an emotional situation. Maybe you just get pissed off because when you give, it doesn't come back to you, mm-hmm. right? These are all some really common ways that people will be like, oh, well, that's just that's just how it is. That's just how I am. We're, we have to be nice, don't we? And to that, I say, fuck that. No, because nice actually means pleasing and agreeable. So I want you to throw away nice because nice is just being a doormat most of the time. Of course you can be kind. We want to be kind. We want to act from love. We want to act from a place that is loving for both other people and for ourselves simultaneously. That is the goal, okay? So no more martyring yourself. No more, I don't have time to take care of me. No more, but taking care of myself and self-care is selfish and lazy. And so not. not. Not, it's absolutely necessary, completely necessary because you are not going to be at your best or at your capacity to serve anyone else if you are burnt out, exhausted, frustrated, angry, bottled up emotions, and a a big ball of guilt and shame. It's just, it's not a good place for you to be your best. And how can you, you know, I know that you want to be your best so that you can give to other people. I know that's the nurturer inside of you longs to be loving and kind and spread that love around. That is like that feminine energy. And there's nothing wrong with that. So when we do that at a cost to ourselves, it becomes problematic. So that brings me to two things, right? So the first thing is because I did travel a lot. I hear it a lot, right? So when you're in the plane and they're giving you the explanations of everything, they always tell you, put on your own oxygen mask first before you attempt to help anybody else. And that is life, right? So you have to take care of yourself first because you don't hear anybody in the plane going, oh, but that's selfish. I can't put on my oxygen mask before I help the person beside me. It's like, no, I want to live. So let me put on my oxygen mask. And if you need help, then once I'm set, 
I can help you. Right. Yeah. And so in life, that has to be the whole thing. Once I'm <laughs> set. Yeah. Cause I'm living now. <laughs> I'm yeah. breathing now. I yeah. can help you because now I'm, I'm giving from an overflow. I'm giving from the best of me so that yeah. there's more of me to give and I can still be fulfilled and not depleted. When it's I the only way, you, right? It's the only way, right? Because if you are depleted, like what, what, what do you have left to give? Exactly. Right. And, Scraps. <laughs> and then the other thing that she mentioned was feminine power. So because we live in such a patriarchal society, mm -hmm. we have like a, a thought of what power is yeah. and what power is not. So looking at feminine power, do you, um, well, what do you think about feminine power? Do you think it's just as powerful as ma male power, but a softer side? Like, and how do you think that using feminine power in your life, in your daily life, in your work, in everything that you touch, how do you think that can change the world? Well, I do view us all as whole humans that have both feminine and masculine energies within us and in different balances, right? So, you know, I may tend a little bit more towards a feminine side where someone else might tend a little bit more towards the masculine side, but we all have both of these kinds of energies within us. And it really has nothing to do with gender right. at all. Mm -hmm. right? The, the feminine energy is just more of that gentle, receiving, nurturing, soft kind of energy. And the masculine is a little bit more about like the doing, right? And the, and the giving, right? So obviously people pleasers, you can see we have both of those. We have the giving and the doing, right? Which sometimes can become out of balance. So the best way I can sort of explain maybe what the world would see as like masculine power versus feminine power I would say that the masculine power is a lot more power over mm -hmm. or maybe power under, but it's more of an external power. So it's like coercive, maybe, right? A bit can be manipulative because of the fear of the survival of the, the person who is being powered over. Right. It can create control dynamics, which obviously we can see in this patriarchal society yes. where we have all kinds of fighting to, to maintain this external appearance of power. And the truth is none of that is true power anyways, because true power actually comes from within. And when we are self-powered, you know, depending on your perspective on, on spirituality and all of that, you might see this as a God within the divinity within spirit, soul, all that is energy, universal energy, whatever that looks like for you, the labels don't matter, Right. but it's a power that's flowing through you so that you can experience power with, right? So this is, this is not power over under, this is power with, and this really ties to what I kind of spoke earlier about, like, I'm not about being above someone. I don't have all of your answers, but let's link arms and let's do this thing together. That's what power with is more about. It is about, I see you, right? The, as I would say, namaste, like the divine in me sees the divine in you. That is to me, that is what feminine power really looks like. And I think we're all capable of of acting from this place of inner power to create 
the loving experiences that will change the world. So I hope I answered all of your questions there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, because really, I think when we look at what the what society considers power, I think that's scary for a lot of women. And so, you know, I think it could diminish or hold back some really badass women from being powerful from within because they don't want to exhibit power the way they've seen it, which is as you- like, Like it's not as powerful. Yeah, because they're so used to, as you put it, the power over. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like I win, you lose, as opposed to let's find a win-win situation so that yeah. we both feel like we've got something out of it, yeah. as opposed to, okay, now I'm going to walk away with my tail between my legs because you just won and I lost. Yeah. And or I think that's how we look make, at power a lot. Right. And having to make someone else wrong to feel like you're winning. Yes. There is a win-win solution out there. I guarantee it in every situation. It's just that as humans, we can often miss what is actually right in front of us. And the systems that we are living in, capitalism especially, really keep us trapped in a cycle of survival mode, right? And when we're trapped in survival mode, ooh, that power is so appealing, right? That that ability to create our own safety with these external measures, money, etc., money, power, businesses, this ways of keeping control or a a sense of control. Mm -hmm. It's very, very compelling. Yes. Yeah. I'd have to agree with that. So do you think then with this, based on a lot of conditioning, that's why a lot of women are just not really following their dreams because they have, they know what they want. They know what they aspire to, but because they're so busy doing other things, yeah, they're just not following their dreams. Is that is that what you're seeing, like with the people that you work with a lot? I would say it's a mix of that and also very similar to my story. When I was a mom to young kids, I really got trapped in the world of what I call it just a momitis, where I kind of lost track of who I was because I was so focused on giving to my family that I really, that, that became my entire identity. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we get really identified with those external things and yes, being a mother is, is part of that external stuff. The label of mom is part of that sort of external thing. We're, we're not living in our full power, right? Because now we're, now we're just identifying with these external labels instead of going within to see that we are essentially love at the root of it all. Right. And that when we do go inward, when we do get to know who we are and what our dreams really are, and, and we have to believe that we can have them. And so I think that speaks to the people often that maybe don't pursue their dreams. It might come down to feelings of unworthiness or deservedness or just a lot of this conditioning where, oh my gosh, we're taught that we have to earn our place. We're taught that we have to, you know, become worthy by performing. Yes, And so it traps us again in this illusion that we can get all of this validation. We can get this safety. We can get this love. We can get this happiness from sources outside of ourself, but it never quite makes it there. And I think that 
you know, ultimately I have a program called Authenticity Unleashed because I believe that the ticket to truly experiencing the life that you desire and you deserve because you do simply for existing your fucking miracle. Let's just, hello, <laughs> you are incredibly worthy. So soak that in for a moment and then start to consider, try on the idea that perhaps since you're not maybe showing up fully as yourself, that you are keeping some parts of you hidden away. You might be wearing a mask. You might be people pleasing. You might be stuck in a loop of perfectionism. In any case, if you're not expressing yourself authentically, you are actually getting in your own way of experiencing unconditional love and unconditional acceptance from others because it, it doesn't come from the external, right. no matter it's how all- long how long you wait, how long you try, how hard you try, how how much effort you put in, all of that efforting is going to fall flat if you're not showing up as you. And yes, it's scary because people might fall away from your life, right? That don't love that version of you expanding and growing and pushing some of their buttons, right? You might be illuminating some areas where they feel insecure, but it's worth it. Because otherwise, if you're not being yourself, you you might find someone who sure likes the version of you that you've put forth to them. They might even love and accept that version of you. But if it's not the full you, there's always going to be a voice that says, but they don't know the whole you. Right. They don't know so, the real you. So and then you fall short. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and then you fall sorry short. Sorry to cut you off, but right? I have yeah. to ask you to tell us a little bit about your podcast and your books. Yeah. So that everybody can hear about that stuff yeah. <laughs> before we have to go. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so my book, I ultimately wrote to help people to get really unstuck from that autopilot, from that survival mode thinking. So if you are someone out there who struggles with anxiety, overwhelm, overthinking, this is probably a great starting place for you to start getting unstuck from some of those Groundhog Day-esque experiences is ultimately about creating the space so that you're not over-identifying with your mind. It is stepping into the observer role, stepping into your power as a conscious creator of your life. And all that means, if those words don't, don't resonate with you yet, is that you're aware of the fact that you are creating the experiences you want and a choice to do so intentionally, right? Versus just on autopilot, kind of letting life go by, you are choosing this is how I want to live my life. This is the intention I set. This is the way that I want to feel and experience my life today. I'm going out there and acting from that space of alignment. And so what's the name of the book? (laughs) The book is called Unstuck for Women. Okay. And I also have a companion journal that goes along with it, which is a 90 day self discovery journey into getting to know those parts of yourself that you may, may not have looked at for a long time. Because as we go through life, a lot of that conditioning shapes and tells us who we are. And a lot of it we may have taken on board unknowingly because from zero to six or seven, they say we're like a sponge. And so we absorb all of these things about our identity, who we really are from our environment. And if we never take the time to question like, hey, is this actually who I am? We can spend a lot of our life, ask me how I know, right? Took me until nearly 40 to really put it all together that that wasn't, that wasn't the whole me. That wasn't, that was just a story. So then where, (laughs) where can I know? 
there's just so much that we can talk about, but yeah. I want to make sure that people know where can they find the book? <laughs> yeah, it's on Amazon. So you can find it on Amazon. And I know that you also wanted me to share briefly about the podcast as well. You can find my podcast, Create Your Happy, wherever you listen to podcasts. And ultimately, it is about building a solid relationship with yourself. And I'm currently having a little masterclass series on there. So if you're an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur or really someone who just might want to chase some of their side dreams, like starting a podcast or writing a book or just living your best freaking life, there's going to be some nuggets in every single one of those conversations that is going to help you, again, with that bit of awareness, right? We can't change what we're unaware of. Right. So coming into awareness about what might be going on, staying curious, giving yourself the self-compassion and grace is the way to unlock your dreams, create your happy life relationship and the impact that you desire and deserve. That sounds amazing. So you said that the masterclass is going to take place on the podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, it's it's coming out. It's happening inside my Facebook community live about once a week and then hitting the podcast a little, little bit down the road a few weeks later. And uh, the second season of the podcast is very much centered all around relationship with self and how that plays out and how different topics connect back to that relationship with self. It really truly is the foundation, in my opinion, to all of our external experience. So it is about reclaiming your power. You, you never actually lost it. It was never gone. You just, you forgot how incredibly magical you are. That's exactly. It. So is your Facebook group public or is it a private group? Can anybody join? Anybody can join. I do ask that you answer the questions so that I know you're real and not a, a spammer or a bot. But yeah, it is an open group for female conscious creators. And that's the name of the group. It's called the Conscious Creator Collective. Okay, perfect. Because yeah. I wanted to make sure we knew where to find your book, yeah. how to listen to your podcast, and how to get into your Facebook group. Because all the information that you've given us today is so incredibly important. You know, because people just, I think sometimes we come in, we've made an agreement before we've come in, we've forgotten everything we knew before. We get imprinted with a lot of society's expectations of us, and then we completely forget who we are. And then one day we wake up and it's like, who am I? What do I want? What do I need? You know, are my needs even getting met? Because yes, we can be with people. We can't expect them to meet all our needs, but you also want to be with somebody who can meet you where you are so that yes. needs are being met. Because yep. yeah, we do have some external needs that, you know, we want to get those met. Absolutely. So those are the, that's the person you want to be with or the people yeah. you want to surround yourself with and people who will support you and love you and, and be all the things. Yes. So, and so that's where we step away from this idea of someone completing us and step towards the people who completely accept us yes. for who we are. Right. And that's where we start to find our people and not the people we have to act a certain way for, but the people we can really truly be ourselves. And I, I really do believe that the bravest thing that we can do is actually just be ourselves yes. in a face of society where there is so much of this stuff to unlearn and strip away. It is, it is courageously vulnerable to, to, to do that, to be yourself unapologetically. But I'll tell you what, that is, that is where your dreams start coming true. Yes. 
I couldn't agree with you more. And I just really wanted to thank you so, so much for being here today. I love everything that you were talking about. Um, because I talk about a lot of the same things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I always love a, a good conversation about this. And if it can make an impact in even one live, it has absolutely been worth it because that's how we are going to change the world. One beautiful soul at a time from the inside out. Couldn't agree with you more. Thank you so much. <laughs>